always ready to tell that damn story. And this time we're telling it from a whole nother location. So if we sound different, it's because we're in a car in, in the Cross County uh, Mall picking up all kinds of special equipment for the big event that's happening tomorrow, which I think is part of the story we're supposed to be telling. Well, yes. Um, I was thinking that, you know, some a lot of the people who listen to us um, go to Comic-Cons, go to Book-Cons, go to festivals, uh, and they see what is presented, what is there when the doors open. Mm-hmm. What we have here is a unique opportunity to let people in on what it looks like before those doors open. And as a matter of fact, to tell this damn story, (laughs) we needed help. It wasn't just good enough for Chris Ryan. It wasn't just good enough for Alex Simmons. We needed more power. Alex, (laughs) have you got that power? I've got the power. I've got the power right here. And the power is Maureen Brick. Good friend, lifelong buddy and pal, sergeant in arms, and a member of the KCC team. Hello, hello. Welcome to welcome to Dell the Damn Story. Thank you. Thank you very much. Very pleased to be here. Now, Maureen, uh, what we tend to do is kind of chat for a couple minutes, then get into the main event. But you two are already neck deep in the main event. True. So for months. let's just jump into it. Uh, for the last several months, as we talked a little bit about last uh, episode, you have been preparing for tomorrow's Kids Comic Con. A Comic Con unlike any Comic Con out there. <laughs> this one is created for and focused on kids. There'll be no scantily clad uh, uh, men or women. There will be no ultra-violence. There will be imagination and creativity all around the con, which is at Bronx Community College. Absolutely. If I remember correctly, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., is that correct? You got it. You are so on the ball there, yes. Last last week, not so much. This week, yes. (laughs) So... Maureen, if you could tell us a little bit about what, how you got roped into, I mean, got, you know, enthusiastically involved in Kids Comic Con. Absolutely. Well, I've been friends with Alex for years, so I knew he did this, but I really started coming when my son was 14 years old, because my son is an artist and very creative, and I heard that they had professional artists reviewing portfolios. So I said, hey, let's go to this, and you could get some advice, which we did, and he did, and it was very helpful to him. So he really enjoyed that. So you uh, you experienced Kids Comic Con first as a patron yes. and as a mom yes. and saw the positivity of this event. Absolutely. It was really great. I was very impressed with the level of the artists and, and folks who were there and how open they were to helping kids and speaking with them and encouraging them in their artwork or writing, whatever they were doing. It was a wonderful atmosphere. It's one of the best aspects of Kids Comic Con is that Alex, through his power and charm and his thick uh, portfolios on the misdoings of some industry professionals, gets many people to volunteer. Absolutely. 
And that was, that was part of my next phase, is that I noticed that there was a lot of artist friends of his who were family people, who brought their children, and, and I said, you know, they've got the kids here and they're all day at their table. The least I could do is give them a cup of coffee and a juice box for the kids. So I began volunteering in that way and became known as the coffee lady. <laughs> well, wait a minute, I gotta ask a quick question. What are you doing, Chris? <laughs> Are you fighting your way out of a trash box? <laughs> no, I am not. I am, um, we have a dog, and a dog uh, has insisted that just before the rain begins out here, mm. he come outside. Gotcha. And, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, right, you know. So, Commune with nature, does, yes. And the dog, Sonny Melman, does not care whether I'm recording a show with you or not, so... Yeah, the magic of radio. We just we just have to always let people know what are those sounds you're hearing. Well, you know. that is that is the sound of Sonny Melman. And we may hear him bark. He saw some of his neighbors, but he may bark. Um, oh, that's okay. So yes, Alex has uh, gotten some great names over the years, and you have talked about getting some snacks for the kids. I was a recipient, Maureen, of some of that generosity. <laughs> Last time I saw you, you sent me home with uh, raisin oatmeal cookies. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> yes. my passion. To, to die for. So, um, <laughs> while that is fascinating and delicious, <laughs> I'm not sure how many people have tuned in to eat the damn oatmeal cookies. <laughs> so... So let's, let's get into the story. Um, so you went from a patron to the coffee lady, but now, Maureen... She's actually our green room gal is what we refer to her as. Green room gal. Yes. And now you're involved in the very organization. Yes. Tell me some of the stuff you did for this year's 13th well, Kid Comic Con well, tomorrow. Yes. Saturday. Well, when I saw some of the challenges that my friend Alex was going through, I realized, like Liam Neeson, I have a very particular set of skills that, that would be useful. Um, so, give me some of those. I am organizationally good. I'm great with spreadsheets. I like to track things. I organized all the artists. I got them from them their photos and bios so that we could use them on social media to publicize our event. I also am organizing the, the wonderful team of volunteers that we're going to have tomorrow. And, you know, some people have called me a little bit bossy, so I'm good at giving direction and delegation. Orders. 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 Yeah, giving orders. She's <laughs> good at giving orders. This is, uh, this is a wonderful thing. Alex, uh, Alex is one of those guys who, um, not to date ourselves, but um, <laughs> which we do every episode. Almost every, yes. Tell the damn story. Yeah. But he reminds me sometime of the um, the guy on Ed Sullivan who has the holes with the dishes on top. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the, yes. the plate spinners, and yeah. yeah. Plate spinners, yes. And about now, he usually has about 10 or 20 going. So it's <laughs> great that you are there to help spin those plates. Yes. Um, so what was happening today, the day before the con? What were we, what were we getting ready? What were the final preparations like? We have, we had a, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving parts to this, and I, I think sometimes some people don't even realize how many. 
over the past few months, we've, like Maureen was saying, we pulled together the artists and the vendors and people who are going to be involved from that end, and we had to create a spreadsheet of all that. Uh, we've had people tell us what their special needs might be for attending the event, you know, that they need an outlet and so forth. We've also had a number of groups, uh, you know, who patrons who said they were coming, but there are special groups uh, where you know, have kids coming from a particular organization or whatever, but we also have people who are coming with special needs, and so we had to today set up the floor area. Yes, yes, yes. And we had, we went to uh, Colston Hall is where the main event is on, uh, at Bronx Community College. The building is called Colston Hall. Colston, Colston. Almost like the guy in the Avengers, you know, Phil Colston. Well, this is Colston Hall, and it's a big, huge uh, room, uh, almost like a gymnasium slash uh, lunchroom. It's a huge, high ceilings and all. So we had to go and set up all the tables for the artists and so forth, and then, you know, make sure that we had the proper egress, not only for uh, the main entrance, but for the entrance that would accommodate people in wheelchairs or with walkers or whatever. So we had to do all of that. So my son, Gavin, uh, designed a floor plan, and today was setting up those tables to that floor plan, making adjustments, and then Maureen was also um, working on what would you call them, the, the signpost that would lead people from the campus grounds to the proper building. And part of the signpost design uh, involves children <laughs> that we work with at the daycare center who did cutouts of themselves and decorated them. So we're going to have those on, on stakes uh, leading people. And also Maureen was blowing up, Maureen and uh, my, my other partner in this, uh, Eugene Adams, were blowing up helium-filled balloons and setting those up. So today was really about constructing the environment and getting really prepared for that and finding, you know, where the glitches are and trying to work through them. So, I mean, I, I want to bring, I want to stay with that for a little while because, you know, we've all been to cons and we walk in and the atmosphere is there, you know, and it's, it's always part of the excitement, mm -hmm. you know. The, uh, the posters look good, the tables are around, everything's set up, but it's a rare time to be able to take a peek behind the curtain as it was. So, I would imagine you get the list of uh, artists and creators and vendors and then count them up and figure out how many tables you need, yeah? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then how do you decide, or does it make a difference, who sits where? How do you decide all that? Well, How do you put that stuff together? It's very much like yeah. a wedding. <laughs> you have to figure out who sits at what table. But yeah, we do, well, we do. You can't put Jamal next to Uncle Arnie. <laughs> exactly. <don't> <laughs> but you want to have a nice flow and a nice variety of different people as they move through the area. And, and okay, I'm very... So how do we create the flow? Well, okay, so there's two steps to that. Um, in terms of our history... The first flow chart, if you will, was established by, by me uh, uh, with the, the uh, motivation that I didn't want there to be sections. I didn't want there to be 
the action comics section and, and the little kids book section and then the independent kids who are still just trying to find their way and then some of the major I didn't want that to happen so that people would come in and only hang out in one area so I mean I, it sounds like he's tearing the house down there you know? <laughs> It sounds like those feet are stomping all over you. <laughs> but what we did was, now, yeah. That was your godson, by the way. Oh. <laughs> um, so how did you? What you, you didn't want a sectional? What did you want? I wanted the the patrons. I wanted the kids and the par parents and families and teachers when they came in. I wanted them to to be compelled to move through the entire space and to see everybody's material. So I didn't create... The power of Christ compels you. Yeah, yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, so what I did was I mixed people up. I mixed, you know, different groups, different ethnicities, different types of products. I mixed them up so that literally whatever you were interested in, you'd find a little bit here, a little bit there, and a little bit farther down the line. So people okay. flowed. So that was, that was the first time we did it. Gavin, my son, my, my, my second son, um, and that's as in terms of birth, you know, chronology, not anything else. Uh, Gavin went to uh, architectural school and learned a lot about flow and, and structures and things like that. So he designed the space last year, no, in the past three years. Um, so 2016, uh, 17, 18, and now this year. So he's worked out exactly where to place tables, what kind of design to that structure. Uh, where to place certain other items within the room. And it's not like we have some huge budget where we're putting up huge podiums and things like that. But working with the tables that we have that, that you know, the college is, is nice enough to, to, to uh, supply us with and some other elements, we're creating this, uh, this environment. And again, positioning people in certain areas so that there's always a reason for the audience to move through that area and not get stuck only on one side or one corner or with one person. Very cool, very cool. Thank so, you, thank you. Um, in addition to the floor and the flow of the floor, I know there are some workshops, and mm -hmm. I know there's at least one panel because you have a really dynamic host hosting that panel. Yes. Um, yeah, but meaning to talk to you about that. Uh, we got a chance to. <laughs> <laughs> we, <laughs> we had to replace you, Chris. Um, <laughs> so, how do we get people? from the main floor to, say, a workshop or a panel? How, how did that work out? Well, you know, again, the environment that you're doing your show in or your, your whatever you want to call it, the, the, the event, uh, dictates a certain uh, pattern that you have to establish. So because we're doing it in the college and we have this big main area for a lot of the activities, we, um, Gene Adams and, and a few of us discussed that, and he made available through, the again, the auspices of the college, we would have access to a certain number of classrooms. And so that's what we do. We look at the type of presentation or workshop that's being given. We estimate or guesstimate how many people might attend. And then we pick the room whose size and the number of chairs or so forth will accommodate that. So today, um, identifying what panels and what workshops we're supposed to have, we walk not only the big main area, but we have a secondary floor that there's going to be some activities on. And then we went and we examined uh, two or three of the classrooms that would be good or we felt would be good for the panels and workshops that we have uh, planned. 
So, that is very cool. Well, a lot so, of this is about trying to anticipate the needs, you know, of not only the artists, but the people who are going to come to it. And, and that way, try and be ahead of things so that you can make uh, the traffic and the experience move smoothly and people have what they need to enjoy themselves. That's beautiful. All right, so Maureen. Yes. Um, Alex has been, this is his 13th year. Mm -hmm. uh, you've been involved, what, two, three years? Oh, yeah, sure, around that. All right, let's say that, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's how it's done. Uh, so what can you tell me about what you found when you started getting more deeply involved and what you've been able to contribute? Well, the one thing that comes to mind is something that just happened about a week ago. I was reading an article in one of the Bronx newspapers mm. about a young boy who's only, I think, maybe eight years old, but he has a very rare disease, and he needs a bone marrow transplant. And okay. I am actually a bone marrow donor myself in terms of being on the registry. But um, so I called up the organization that was trying to help him find a match, and they told me that one of the problems they have is that when folks are of certain ethnic groups, like African American or from the islands, they don't have a lot of people who sign up for the registry, so it's very difficult to find a match. So my little okay. brain started tingling, and I said, you know what? We have a lot of those folks who come to the kids' Comic-Con. So I got in touch with the po people from um, the Ilsa de Sicla Foundation, which it's is easy for you to say, which is the one that's looking for the specific kid, and also the larger organization called Be the Match. And I invited them to take a table at the kids' Comic Con so they could talk wow. to our population about signing up and hopefully increase the number of folks who might be a donor for this child. That's amazing. Good. You know what? I'm just proud to know you. That is beautiful. Um, so you're kind of added other dimensions to the Kids Comic Con. Your KCC, you know, is sort of open that way. We've we've always been open to the community. And, and when you say that, it's not like, oh, what can we get out of the community? It's, it's what can we share with the community? What can we give, but also what can we share? And and so we've had students who started out, you know, 13 years ago coming as the little kids or the teens and wanting to meet these artists and draw and all that. And several of them have come back now that they're much older and been a part of the event, volunteering and helping or bringing other children to see what we have here and for them to have an opportunity to learn from it. Uh, there's at least three young men who've been volunteering with us since they were in college, and they're now all graduates, and they're still volunteering with us. So it's, it's a lot about connecting with the community, whatever one perceives of as a community. It's not just the neighborhood around the college, but it's the people who feel that this is an event that's worthwhile and this is an event that we can use to help others. That's cool. That's fantastic. Um, let's talk about, like, today, right? We'll work from where you are right now. Mm. I know, you know, some people like to say you're an undisclosed, secure location, but that's not really your style, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you two are at... The Cross County Shopping uh, Center right now. Yeah, that's right. And why there? 
take this one? Yes, go for it. This is to, um, we needed a little tech work because we're going to have a special guest tomorrow who works on Sesame Street with puppeteering, and he wants to do a demonstration of what it's like to be a puppeteer. What, you know, what age is this person, by the way? Uh, Tal Bennett. I don't know how old Tal is. 19. 19 years old. He's, He's been, been working, working yeah, for several years with Sesame Street. And, of course, you know, those puppeteers have to, like, be underneath a table or whatever with their arms stretched up. And he has to look at a monitor on the floor that shows him what the audience is seeing. So what we're going to do is he's not only going to look at his monitor, we're going to project what he sees onto a large projection for the whole crowd to see. And in wow. working out that tech, we realized we needed an HDMI splitter. <laughs> so so it, it really comes down to... Even to some as, as supposedly trivial as a, a wire, but look how important it is. Without this wire, this rare chance for kids to see how Sesame Street puppeteers actually work, you know, that's not going to happen the way that it is envisioned. So it is every headache. You've got to work every headache before the doors open. It's and all about the details. The Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's one of the things that's worth exploring because, again, to tell the damn story, a lot of the story of a convention happens before the convention opens. Oh, yeah. The convention oh, opening is like the last two chapters of the book. And just like a writer has to edit, there were things that we wanted to do that just didn't come about this year, and we had to cut them out and edit because we had to work within the time period we had. And with the funds yeah. or lack thereof. Yeah. As a matter of, I want to add one other a new element to this because, again, it speaks to community. Um, and and I'll, I'll talk about, very, very short, very brief, but I'll talk about how, you know, six degrees of separation is a miracle. Um, there is a school teacher in Wisconsin who I've done workshops for her students via the Internet. And she's a wonderful person, and she's gotten involved in some of the other projects that I've done or KCC International has done with other groups of children in other countries. Well, one day I find out that her son, her adult son, lives here in New York City and is an artist also. Then I later find out he's with an organization called Thrive Collectives and that they do murals with schools. So they go into schools and they teach kids how to create murals, you know, and, and it's a whole major project that they've done in several different schools. I think over the past three or four years, Sam, if, I, if I'm wrong, forgive me. But so Sam and I finally, after like three years of talking and emailing back and forth, this year, Sam is not only going to be there with a couple of other artists from the collective, but the kids coming to our event this year are going to be able to help create the first ever giant-sized KCC mural banner. So they'll actually be able to create their own characters. Uh, they'll then That artwork will be transferred to the banner cloth. And then those same kids or other kids can come in and paint them. So by the end of the day, whether it's completely finished or not, we're going to have this wonderful collection of children's art in this fixed piece of tapestry. That's really, you know, it's the first time we've ever done this. And so this is, this is an, again, which is why this year is called Team Titans. It's a lot of collaborative effort and work and people coming together to make this happen. I love, uh, one of the things I love about Alex is that he's always taking chances. His live events are always very, very live. <laughs> um, very live. Anything can happen. Um, That's true. We try and keep it all, anything good can happen. <laughs> well, if 
look at just the last two things we mentioned, right? A puppeteer, uh, a younger prodigy, you know, a young prodigy puppeteer from Sesame Street, live, live demonstration at the con, right? Mm -hmm. And all the kids get to contribute to this big mural project. Again, look at the scope just from those two examples. Now, speaking of scope, Maureen, I want you to bear witness. You are one of the uh, few who have seen what I'm about to say. Um, Alex Simmons created Kids Comata, correct? Yes, yes, he he's did. A, a, With Gene Adams, he's yes. He's the brainchild, he's the spirit behind it. Um, he is a lot of his connections uh, get people to come to the, you know, uh, uh, creative types to get to come, you know, big companies come because of uh, Alex, stuff like that. What was Alex setting up today? What was he setting up today? What was I doing today, I guess is what he's A asking. little bit of everything. I mean, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's the... Setting up chairs and tables and stuff like that, right? Yes, it's not all the glamour. Yeah. <laughs> it's... That's right. <laughs> It's, again, you know, we're going with a theme now of uh, the, the wide variety, the scope of Kids Comic Con. Sure, when the doors open, we're going to have puppeteers and we're going to have top artists and we're going to have creators and people from, uh, a person from Disney, a person who's done Marvel, DC, and, and independent stuff, on and on, all these different people. And they're going to be there for the kids and talking. There's going to be some workshops. There's going to be this. There's going to be Alex Simmons. And he's going to be in his Alex Simmons mode then. But today, and for like 364 days previous, he was in this other mode of sweating the details. Absolutely. Of, of, of lifting at his advanced age. He and Thor are <laughs> about the same age. Uh, oh, thank you. Setting up tables. <laughs> I just, is it not... An amazing thing to experience the Alex Simmons experience, Mark. It is, but you know, one of my favorite stories about Alex recently is this past Monday, because we had a whole KCC week on the Bronx Community College campus. On Monday, we were at the daycare center on campus, which is for the faculty and the students' children, and we worked with two, three, and four-year-olds to create oh, art. Oh, it was amazing. The first group, they had the teachers had the children lie down a piece of paper and did the outline of their bodies. And then we had the yeah. we helped the children decorate them. And then we took them home and we're putting them on, on stakes and attaching balloons and capes. And they are going to lead the way onto the campus so you can find exactly where on campus it's going to be. And the, oh, that's great. the best fun was we cut out these little vinyl capes for the kids. And... Um, they were so excited. You know, it's amazing. You put a cape on a kid, and they immediately start running around the room and they're making their and poses yeah, and yeah, right, their muscles. Yeah. It was adorable. It was we so great. We had photos. Yes, we did. And, and it, it it comes to, it comes back to the core idea behind Kids Comic Con was letting them imagine, letting them mm -hmm. create, letting them be everything they can be as far as bringing all this out. And you know, Alex and I talk a lot about getting to yes, you know, mm -hmm. and, and one of the energies of the kids Comic Con is yes, you can imagine that, yes, you can draw that, yes, you can be that, mm -hmm. put that tape on, yes, you can be the adorable baby superhero, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, 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 and that's a beautiful thing. Um, 
Maureen, what was the biggest headache of, of preparing for KCC? <laughs> oh, I see that. I let you talk about babies, and then I put you on the spot. <laughs> well, you know, it's a challenge in that it's constantly changing. You know, new people may be coming, artists may be dropping out, new requirements, new um, putting the program together of who's doing what when. Um, it's just a constantly evolving magic until tomorrow, and uh, like when we go live, you know, it's almost like an improv show until the performance. And I, I will say that you know the big difference between producing some of the the comic conventions that other people might be more familiar with or used to, and something like ours is that when you go to like a New York Comic Con or San Diego or some of the others, a lot of people are getting paid to be there specific times to make certain things happen because you know everybody's got to make a living and and life is real uh but with a good percentage of what we do it's volunteer work it's an, this is an uh -huh. initiative a 13 year old initiative so people are volunteering their time and when it works it works magnificently and when it doesn't you have to figure your way out of it and and pick up the slack or whatever else has to happen so that's always a challenge and I think it also measures your commitment to the thing because it, you know, sometimes it would be so much easier to go, okay, forget it. But I can't. And sometimes the people that I'm working with can't either, or I don't let them. You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the things that um, just knocks my thoughts off is that for 13 years, you haven't had a big donor fitting the uh, footing the bill. Nope. You've had some, you know, some uh, contributions, donations, yeah. contributions here and there, and BCC has been supportive in uh, the space. Although, you know, everything is everything is a process. Mm -hmm. um, imagine, imagine if on the twentieth. Someone that was curious enough to hear that, you know, in hearing this and went to see how it is and writing a check. This is all, you've accomplished all this without the check. It, <laughs> it, it fills me full of fear what you could do. If <laughs> <laughs> we had a couple of bucks to rub together, yeah. yeah. That would be, that would be just heart stopping. Let me um, just, let me just say this very quickly. Um, I have a plan. So if everybody, if somebody does cut a check, there is a master plan that's been in existence for 10 years. So trust me, I'm ready if they're ready. <laughs> so to, to, to quote Anthony Mackie, who plays the Falcon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, cut the check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I asked you the unfair question, Maureen, and now I'm going to ask you the fair question. Of course, Alex, you'll answer second. Okay, okay, thank you. <laughs> All right, so we had we had the biggest headache. What before the doors open in this whole pre-production or production phase? What has been the, the biggest joy, Maury? The biggest joy for me is just anticipating what the faces of the kids are going to be like when they get to talk to the artists or see a performance or draw themselves or learn something new. I mean, it's just so magical on the day to see the happiness on their faces and their families' faces. Um, learning to be creative uh, is just a wonderful thing to watch and to feel so honored to be a part of. Oh, yeah, I agree. And... Um 
I, it, there's a, a, an epiphany that can happen tomorrow where uh, kids who love, whether it's cartoons on TV or, you know, the movies that we've been talking about or, or comic books or even coloring books or any of this stuff, the action figures, all that, they come and, and, and suddenly there's a human being who does that mm -hmm. it opens up this entire vault in, in your brain you know mm -hmm. um, I told, I've told the story on the show before that when I was a freshman in high school we put a New York oh, issue yeah. out of the school magazine and they said I, we all had to introduce someone from New York and all I read that came from New York were Marvel Comics and I had the naivete to call up Marvel Comics and ask for an interview with Stan Lee. And shockingly, I got one. And it was very short, I think four, four questions, something like that. But he was, every, every time you ever saw him on any clip, he was exactly that way to me. And it was like 1977, 1978. Mm -hmm. And to hear a human voice and recognize it from what you heard and and realized there was a secretary that worked for him. It became the whole idea of storytelling became human. Mm. It wasn't it was no longer these things that appear. You know, there was my brother's books and my father's books and my brother would bring home uh, Tales to Astonish and the early Marvel comics and that kind of stuff. Um, and then I found them in candy stores, you know. But now it was like, wait a second, people create this. Yes. And then the second epiphany, I'm people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then the third epiphany, maybe I can, right? And yep. that's one of the things that's beautiful about K uh, KCC, Kids Comic Con, is that it gives kids opportunity to see that moment and have that moment happen in their hearts. And, and it, it, it just makes the entire experience of storytelling and imagining and having that part, uh, it just makes it that more rich. And I think that it's something that if you have kids or if you have, you know, well, you know what, I'm gonna ask you who should come, but people should come and experience that. Um, Maureen, tell me who you think should come to Kids Comic Con. I think just about everybody should come to Kids Comic Con, honestly, because there is something for everyone, from the littlest ones to middle school to high school and even older. You can learn about the different careers that are in comics and graphic novels and any kind of entertainment, yeah. arts. Uh, it's just it, it's just really something for everyone, and everyone will enjoy it and get something out of it and learn something from it. And Alex, I always ask you that question, but what would you add to that? Um, I, well, again, Maureen covered a lot of it, but I would say that over the years, the things that I've seen support absolutely what uh, she is saying. Everything from people discovering that the ideas, the imagination that I have is valid, that you can perceive of something in your brain, figure out a process for how to create it, act on that process, and hold that thing in your hand. 
you know, that's a, that's a concept that goes beyond creating comic books. That goes into life in so many other ways. And I've seen examples of that discovery and people going forth and acting on it. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, something that happened this week, you know, because, again, this week was, you know, KCC week. We had an art exhibit on Tuesday that opened on the campus. But on Thursday, uh, one of the members of the KCC team who's now developed his own thing uh, asked me to come into a school that he works at and be part of a panel that was there. It was Lewis Henry Mitchell, who uh, designed 99% of the drawings of the Sesame Street characters that go on to, oh, just about everything from lunchboxes and T-shirts all the way to the different Sesame Street images that appear in different countries. Lewis's art is all over the world. So he was on this panel. I was on this panel. Michael Grassi was on this panel. And there was a young singer named Tamish who was on this panel, a lovely young lady. And the thing was, we talked about what it was like for us as kids and our ideas and hoping that we could or wishing one day to become blah, blah, blah. What we went through to make it happen, and here we are. And, you know, you, you, you be genuine with children. You be honest with them. You, you share with them. And so we, I've seen this happen at our events thousands of times. So this Thursday, we do the panel, we finish, and this auditorium full of children are starting to, you know, come up for autographs or they're leaving to go catch their school bus, and we're saying goodbye or we're talking to each other, and suddenly this young man comes up to the edge of the stage, and he says, you, and he points at me, and he says, man, you inspired me, man. I want to be a writer. And I, you know, I wanted to, I just wanted to hug the kid, you know. It was like I shook his hand, and I said, you do that. You do that. And I, I told him, I said, you talk to your teachers. If you have any questions, you can get in touch with me. They'll know how. But, you know, those moments, you know, those are the moments when you see that, like Maureen said, when you see that light go on, when you see them suddenly realize, I have that kind of power. That's what's there. And for kids, it's there. For teens, it's there. And then one last thing, for adults. We've had family members who live in New York go to Connecticut go further in north into Westchester, or one woman I know of drove all the way to Philadelphia the night before our, one of our events to pick up her nephews to bring them back. And they stayed at our event all day the next day, and then she turned on to drive them back because she wanted uh -huh. them to have this experience. And the last is this, I always tell this story because it was one that really almost had me in tears at that moment. There was a, a grandmother, her daughter, and a granddaughter. The granddaughter was maybe like four years old. And they, you know, they, they were they were dressed in, in, you know, I would say nothing very stylish, you know, in terms of reflecting wealth of any kind. And the grandmother was particularly dressed in like an old army fatigue jacket and things. And they were there for about two thirds of the day, just going around and doing things. The granddaughter won a prize and something. She was so happy. And the grandmother comes over to me at one point, and and she's she's almost in tears, and she holds my hand and she says, "Thank you." for giving me something, the first thing that I could do with my daughter and my grandchild, the first time we could have this kind of fun together. Wow. And, you know, so when Maureen says it's for everybody, it is. When we talk about community, we mean it. When the artists, some of the puppeteers, the performers, the, the illustrators, the writers, the, the, even the little guys doing their, their, their merchandise based on comics and they've handmade them, when these people turn and they talk to folks and they they create that environment we're glad to see you you're welcome here yes you can just talk to us we'd like you to buy this but yeah we'll answer questions when all those things happen it says you're home and and that to me is a big part of it so if somebody does cut a check 
trust me, I'm not going to try and disperse that feeling and, and replace it with colossal, stupendous, gaudy things. I would like us to be able to do more of what we do, but even better. Well, actually, uh, two things. One, um, Maureen's son, because our, our, our kids are involved in this. My sons uh, helped move a lot of stuff today. Uh, my oldest son was taking photographs for us, some of which you'll see online. Maureen's son is going to be not only doing video and stuff for us, but I can tell this now because by the time they hear this, it won't be a secret anymore. Maureen's son, uh, among many other things, uh, many other talents this, this young man has. Can I say his name? Zach. Zach is, is, is a hoot and a half, and I love him, and I've known him since he was a wee one. But now he's a full-grown young man. <laughs> and he, his job out in another part of New York is he works at, now stop me, a 3D printing service? Yes, Voodoo yeah. Voodoo. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> he works at Voodoo Manufacturers, and he has designed the first ever Kids Comic Con Award. So it is a three-dimensional award about what seven eight inches high and it's going to be delivered to one of our kcc artists who's come who's attended almost every single show he's stupendous he's done work with us on our road shows because occasionally we get invited to other cons he's just a wonderful big-hearted lovely person and this first first time award is going to him tomorrow at the event and her son designed and made this so that's one of the yeah, things that we're looking forward to. So she's got to go get him now. <laughs> right? And the award. And the award and drive him from way south of here back up here so he's up here for tomorrow. Wow. God bless you, Maureen. <laughs> um, what is the, what's the name of the award? You know, it's funny. I don't think we've given it the, the super. You put it on it's the plaque, the though. It's the Kids Comic Con 2019 Artist Award. That's beautiful. You'll be there. You'll okay. see. You'll so see what it happens. So let's let's wrap this up so Maureen can go and get her son the uh, uh, the artistic uh, award designer here for tomorrow. Um, final thoughts. Final encouragement. Uh, final things you want to say about Kids Comic Con? Um, oh, Maureen, you go first. I love it. Even though it's exhausting to put it together, I'm looking forward to a great day tomorrow. And um, I'm Three already, days of recovery <laughs> already thinking ahead to what we're going to do next. That's fantastic. And Alex? Uh, I would just say that, you know, again, this is, um, this is something that I, I've, I've come to realize is not only my passion, but it's very much a part of my mission while I'm here. And I want to do more of this. And tomorrow uh, will come and go very quickly. And my tired body will say, thank God. But my heart and my mind will say, wow, you know, and we'll miss it when it's over. But I hope we'll relish every moment that we've had with it. That's beautiful. And um, I would say that uh, if you're within the sound of this and you can get to Bronx Community College uh, tomorrow, April 20th, from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., you have an opportunity to experience imagination, creativity, heart, giving, generosity, community, citizenship, 
knowing that you belong and want to share what you think, all of which is what helps people tell the damn story. This has been an episode that gives you a little peek behind the curtain. Come tomorrow and see the show and be a part of it. Express your imagination. Tell your damn story. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks, Chris. And I know this is our show, but thank you anyway. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> Beautifully uh, done. A lot of fun. And, and Maureen, it's been such a thrill to invite to, to interview you. Uh, that that has been so fantastic. Uh, your energy was great, Alex. Uh, I used to tell me. But no. <laughs> <laughs> Same to you, fellow. <laughs> there you go. Good talking uh, to you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Give my you best to the family, bro. I'll see you tomorrow. And, and please, see you tomorrow. Okay, bye-bye.